0: G'day everybody, it's Peps, and today we have your 2022 season preview for the Essendon Football Club. And there's no one better to talk to than the great man Scotty from the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Mate, I have one quick question for you. Will 2022 be the season that Essendon not only win a final but rain down potentially some premiership love for their supporters. Welcome to Lace
1: Out. <laughs> Mate, fantastic to be here. Oh, look, this time last year, you know, it was, it was almost depression. Yeah, <laughs> the coach went, Danahar went, Saad went, uh, Fantasia went. It was as bleak as all get out. Uh, but 2022 in uh, March has a much better feel about it. And though I'm not going to go the Mick House route of we're going to win the grand final, I think every Essendon fan went, yeah, yeah you can you can sort of be quiet on that one, thanks. Uh, we will be a better team this year. Oh, look, before we get
0: into it, the Lunchtime Podcast, so the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, I always forget the catch-up. I don't know
1: why because that's what we
0: do. Big <laughs> things planned for 2022, I hope, for your listeners.
1: Always big things. Uh, last year we started off with uh, Ben Rutten being on the show to launch the year. So we've got another uh, sort of big guest coming on that we're working with the club. So I'll keep it under wraps, but a massive show coming up, uh, a massive year coming up as always. Well, I can't wait. But I think, listen, everybody knows who listens to Lace
0: Out. I have, I wouldn't say a hatred, but I have a bit of <laughs> despise for the rest of Your supporters to a degree shit me at times, but I love them because of their passion. And there's probably a little bit of jealousy because of 2000, I'll be honest. But I I can tell you now, you are playing an exciting brand of football. Didn't pay off as you would have liked towards the end of last year. I cannot believe that you were saying, oh, we probably don't want to play finals. You play finals, you you lose, you learn from that. You give that experience. Because if you don't want to play it, there's 10 other clubs sitting underneath you that would be dying for that opportunity. You're coming into 2022, Rutz has got his hands all over this team at the moment. What have you heard? What have you seen? Practice match-wise last week, give us a bit of an insight and in what you see happening with the Bombers this year.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I'm probably a good person to ask because I, I probably attend about uh, a training session a week. Uh, so I, I actually get to see what they're working on. What's, and there's no doubt Truck uh, has a massive emphasis on team defence. Uh so we we did turn over, we did get did get carved up a few times. Uh as much as we were attractive to watch, <laughs> uh running the other way, we, we leaked goals. So I think he's probably having that thought of we can leak three or four less goals. And uh I think we lost probably around about thirteen or fourteen games by under kind of fifteen, twenty points. So he he no doubt would have a a a confidence. Uh sorry, as about seven or eight games. I went way over the top then. Um and no, no doubt he has a. This is an Essendon thing. Uh, yeah, there's no <laughs> doubt. Da- <laughs> it's a no doubt. Yeah, he would see us if we can if we can improve defensively uh, while adding um, Colwell back from long term injury, McGrath back from long term injury, uh, and you've obviously you've drafted Ben Hobbs and and you've had big years from Parish and Merritt. If, th- if that all mix can get together and be relatively healthy for the most of the year, then I think. I think we're looking pretty good, especially with a, a Sam Draper, uh, who probably is going to have a pretty big year uh, right. for the Essendon Football Club. Yeah, you've brought this big guy up.
0: I cannot. I looked at this list, right? Tell me why if this guy is the future of Essendon. Because if I speak to any Essendon supporter, Sam Draper is going to be the next Mech Scorn. He's going to be better than Granny, He's an absolute gun, a superstar. Why
1: is he on the rookie list still? It's <laughs> actually a fact. Well, he won't be very soon. <laughs> that's, that's for sure. Look, he's the worst kick of an for for footballer I've probably ever seen. and I'll He's a honest. ruckman. He's a ruckman. Oh, so he uh, has a
0: get-out clause. But you're saying he's <laughs> the future and you've got him at the ro- on the rookie list. Now, come on. You either blow and <laughs> smoke up all our 40-20s or he isn't as good as you think he is. Because if he is that good, you would have saved him. You wouldn't want to do a Hugh Greenwood.
1: Well, they're also definitely not letting him go. Yeah, they're okay. definitely not letting him go. That's for sure. So, he, he look he's raw. Uh he, he reminds me a lot of Maxi Gordon. He, he just does uh in the, in his early days. Uh the Ruckcraft, Craft I think will come on really uh, well this year, but he's he's you know, if he's kicking for goal, uh you are going to lose some hair. So, so he's so not basically
0: gonna, anyone when he's shooting for goal just basically set up for a kick, out.
1: kick set up yeah. for a kick out. Oh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but no, I've, one thing he does is, a bit like Maxi Gorn, he's kind of that energy. Uh, so he creates, he's just got this infectious energy that that gets the guys up. So look, I'm pretty excited. I think Jai Caldwell, uh, I'm very, you know, I, I think last year I was talking a lot about him, that uh, this kid's going to be a fantastic player. Uh, he just keeps getting injured long-term. So I don't know, I'm just, all I can do is cross my fingers because he's such a good player. Uh, I've seen enough of the practice matches to see him dominate and and go, can you just get your body right? So, uh, yeah, so exciting stuff.
0: You went 11-11 and last year, so you split the season down the middle. You had a cracking percentage of Mm -hmm. 109.11. The interesting thing about it is I didn't realise how much, how many, say goals, how big your score was in terms of throughout the year. Because if you have a look, it was the highest percentage out of the bottom 12 teams.
1: Yeah, it was. So yeah, it, was yep. it was
0: really healthy, which is kind of staggering because my concern that I have for this year is, where are your goals going to come from? Which I think was the concern when we had this conversation last <laughs> year. <And laughs> Stringer came out and kicked 41. Yep. Next underneath that was Tip and Woody. Yep. Then there was a bit of a gap. Now, my concern still lies there because Peter Wright, for all these you know, positives, he's not going to be the man who's going to kick you 50 or 60 this year, right? Yeah. If Tippy doesn't play, which is, a, which is strong, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know where it's going to go. You might be able to give us some more information on that. That just puts a lot more pressure. Can, can you get any more out of Stringer? Yeah. And he's got a bit of a groin which if, you know, groins are not a one or two weaker, if that doesn't get managed right, could be issues. Where can you get a score from? Because that's where your midfield is solid. Your back line is solid. The forward line, I'm not convinced. Convince me.
1: <laughs> well, uh, unfortunately. Oh, don't I'm not me. convinced. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. You're not convinced I'm- either. That's awesome. <laughs> Look, I mean, Harrison Jones is obviously a player in his – in his third year now that you, you hope that can come on to another level. You know, he kicked 20 goals last year out of about 15 games. Uh, he's he's a very, very good player coming through. So I think he's got that ability to go sort of your your twenty-five, thirty goal range this year. Yep. Stringer, no doubt, will kick a lot of goals if he if he plays most of the year. I mean, he obviously said today that his groins or all okay. Look, I know he trained and did a whole lot of sprints yesterday. So I think that's actually on the mark. So with 16 days ago, uh, I think he'll be fine for round one. Tipper, I think he's, you're looking at a round four, round five uh, being realistic. So that's that's it. Well, how are you going to get? Well, I mean, Hooker's kicked 30 goals, he's not there. Waller kicked 30 goals, he's not there. So how are you going to get those goals? And, and there's two parts to that. You're going to have to manufacture the midfield to to rotate more. Uh, towards the forward line, because like Parrish can kick goals. Uh, so these guys, but can they can they be more damaging, uh, a bit like what Melbourne was doing? Uh, can they be more damaging uh, as a midfield to score? because they historically haven't. Um, and I think with the strong midfield that's coming through and the added names that are healthy, I think guys like a Cole Langford and Nick Cox can start rotating a bit more up forward. Uh, and, and help out with the scoring. Carl Langford can easily get you 20 goals uh, if he plays quite a, a decent amount of time forward. So it would be interesting. I will say he's he's a malign player, but this is the best I've ever seen him in, in Aaron Francis. So I've watched Aaron Francis last month play and they've obviously de- been developing him as a forward. This is by far the best I've ever seen him, both health, mental and body. So he's... He's been crashing packs, kicking goals. So he's the one just to as a smokey to look out for, just to see if he has a bit of a breakout year like Laverde did last year at down back.
0: So you're looking at from the perspective of instead of one or two, you want to spread the load. So as just an spread example, the load if of, you yeah. can get an extra 10 over the course of 20, uh, 22 weeks, an extra 10 from Jones gets you 30. An extra 10 from Waterman gets him up to 27, rounded off to 30. Uh, Devin Smith, 16. I don't know if you're going to get an extra bit out of him. Langford, 13. Makes it to 23. Let's round him off to 25. Okay. Snelling, he's got 12. We could round that off to 25. Darcy Parrish, potentially, if he gets bored every second week, that's going to potentially get into 20, 25. There's where you could probably make up for, unfortunately, Kyle Hooker leaving and Tipper because that's 67 goals between just those two.
1: Yeah. That's, a, and that's it, a
0: big mark to make up. And when you're losing by only small margins, you've either got to make it up defensively or those margins are going to be smaller and you're really going to have your heart smacked out your chest by the end of the game.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's uh, I guess, the point I was making even before about how much they've done so many drills on, on team defense. So they really want to get that right. Uh, so they're not leaking as many goals. So they're not, you know, I think they have a feeling that they're not going to be as heavy scoring uh, as last year, and they need to balance it. So they need their they need the the mids to actually defend the ground really, really well. So they've been looking at that kind of Richmond defensive systems. You know, with Rance coming in helping out the first two or three months, and obviously Truck and Caracella from previous Richmond system. So they've they've been developing that kind of high pressure, in your face, trying to get the ball turned over, squeeze you in a corner, kind of defense so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how much they buy into that and how much it plays out because it'll go a long way to saving two or three goals a game
0: you yeah, you have to get that you have to get the belief from the playing group coaches yeah. can only do so much but you're right if the players don't buy in and look I, I've spoken about my team the D's we didn't buy in for a long time we had lots of individuals who could play great footy it just didn't work collectively as soon yeah. as they were able to go hey you know what why sacrifice Five possessions of my game, but that allows somebody else to grow in their spot. Can see what can happen, so it can turn around quite quickly. Your midfield, now, if there's one thing that's going for the rest of them right now, it's your midfield.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: We do, we could go through the names, but we've only got 45 minutes for this. Let's be honest. You, you've got a, you bat you bat pretty deep. Let's be honest. The the kicking on a few of them is a bit of an issue. Like Shield, just don't get him to mm-hmm. kick anymore. No.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's he's, yeah, he's got that history, hasn't he? It's it's, it's always been so it's been a frustration. Yeah.
0: But the interesting thing is, you were fifth for handballs last year, so you chained a lot through, but you didn't kick. You were twelve for twelve for kicks last year, so and you didn't yeah. kick the ball. That has to change a little bit. You have to. It's okay to run it out, but that's giving teams that opportunity to to flood back. You really need to kick over that that zone from half back to mid. To get it down to, if you want Peter Wright to be one out, if you want Coxie to be one out, Francis to be one, out, really need yeah. to kick the ball a little bit more. Would you
1: agree? Disagree? Well, Chris, you're a you're a bit of an expert here, mate. Because uh, one thing I was going to say uh, last year, you know, I go to the training quite a bit just to see what they're doing. So last year, what they wanted to do, they wanted to bring in a whole massive handball system, uh, and they they did it all the off season, trained it, and they're kind of like they've gone, okay, we've got that right. This year in the training system, it's been focused on kicking and how you finish off the play. So you're actually spot on. You're, you, what you're seeing is exactly what the coach is seeing. And I, I always feel like it's like they've obviously identified almost like a three-year system that they're working on. It was like stage one and we're now at stage two, defense, kicking. Um, and so I think you'll see a bit more kicking. I see, uh, This year it will balance out a bit more. And um, interesting, even when you mentioned the midfield, it, it, what's been interesting is they've moved McGrath to halfback the last two games uh, and where he won kind of his rookie all these awards and he played off halfback. The Norm Smith, not the Norm Smith, uh, I mean, uh, what's it called? Rising it, Star. Rising Star, thanks. Um, and that's where he plays his best footy. So I was actually kind of wrapped because he, again, a bit like Shield, can turn over the ball from the midfield. Like he he has a kind of a panic kick out of a. When he's running off half back, he always creates room for himself, and then he delivers it much better. So even when we played the Bulldogs in the practice match, he got thirty touches. He must have had about ninety percent efficiency. It was a totally different McGrath. And you'll go, oh wow, this is going to be if this guy if they play him at half back, he'll he'll be he'll be close to an All Australian kind of caliber because that's his style of game, and he's really good defensively. So they are noticing the depth they've got with a healthy extended midfield even with with ben hobbs being drafted as well and he's quite mature in his body to go uh so they're, they're going well how can we move these guys around now um to get better talent around the ground
0: well coming off half back you're, you've got the game in front of you so you can almost yes. you've actually got a little bit of time before you get the ball because you can see what's coming towards you and then you can not have to rush it as much because it's not a, a a rushed opportunity so that might be a better position and if you've got Laverde coming off the other half-back would that be right?
1: Yeah, you kind of got Heine. Um, or Nick Heine. Oh,
0: Talk about the steal
1: of the season last year. Yeah, wasn't he? Good yeah. on you, St. Kilda. Another top choice you've made. I know. Oh. I, know. I know. Thank you much for that. And uh, St. St.
0: Kilda team. are going to be the new Geelong. They'll get rid of the young whippets and they'll bring in the oldies. You can they'll bring in the oldies. You can see it. They've already started it. And teams are going to reap those rewards and hire, oh, my God, Hindy, oh, wheels.
1: Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I didn't, the St Kilda's off season last year just didn't make sense how they, what they traded in got in like, you know, you're not there. Keep drafting kids. Keep building. But I, I'm glad our club's doing it. But I didn't, I didn't get the set Saints strategy and I think it really, it showed up badly last well, year. The Saints
0: the- played, in a, played in an elimination final. They, they, win, that the, they, they win that against the doggies. And then they think we're in the window here. We'll go all well, hasn't worked, and it is gonna bite the nuts. No. But you got Heine there, you're gonna have McGrath, Laverde, my goodness, Jordan Ridley.
1: Jordan Ridley, man.
0: Seriously. How good <laughs> is this kid?
1: He's so good. Oh, I just he's a pleasure to watch. He he's just graceful, just knows where to be, distributes it perfectly. Um, yeah, just uh yeah, I just love watching you. My kind of player. Um, yeah, just that defense is, is shaping up really, really well. They're, getting, they're really getting in sync. Um, and they've still got a guy called Zachary that they drafted last year. He's had some back issues and just hasn't been able to get um, park, available yet. But, I mean, at 202 centimeters, you, just, you stand next to him, it's like it's unbelievable how tall this guy is. And you think this guy's going to be a key position halfback.
0: Yeah. I that don't reckon – one thing that you mentioned earlier on, we'll go back to the backs, but just cross my mind. Nick Cox – why would you ever think of not playing him on the wing? He, he is. You've got a guy running on the wing who's uh, 200 centimeters and 87 kegs. Mm-hmm. There's not going to be many people who outmark him, and he's taking one stride, and everybody else is virtually taking two.
1: Oh, and he says so he's not. He says leave he's not him his... out there, mate. Leave yeah. him
0: out there. It, that's, a, that's going to be something that nobody else has is a 200 centimeter
1: wingman. And he says he's put on twelve kilos, so, um, so yeah, he's he's going to have a bit more of a presence this year. Look, the only temptation with Cox for Essendon is if their forward line starts to struggle and they're going and they've got a two hundred centimeter. It's a, I know, it's a, it's one of those you're robbing, yeah, yeah, the famous line. But it, but I really personally, I love Langford and Cox on both wings because when with Merritt Parish, they're not tall guys, so. Historically, we've been really poor marking around the ground team. And the, the introduction of Cox and having Lamford on the other wing just gives you that aerial presence that you need if you need an outlet kick uh, that just needs a mark. And, and you know, Cox, Cox is going to be a player there. So, uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. He's a wingman.
0: All right. I've got to speak to you about this guy because I think he found his – it was almost like he felt like he belonged last year, okay? Now, I've, I've, I've said a few things about this individual in terms of the, he's been the AFL's version of Kira Knightley. But as soon as he cut his hair, he was a changed individual. And you know who we're talking about, don't you? Good old DP, Darcy Parrish. Oh, man. He had a season and a half last year. You've got to admire the bloke for how – because you know what? He, for a long time, he was compared to Clayton Oliver, same draft. Yep, yeah, yep. Right? It's going to happen. But I think last year he really broke out and he became a real leader for your mob in the midfield last
1: year. Look, I'll be honest, it was the most shocking thing I've probably seen in ten years. What the, him
0: cut in his hair or the company's <laughs> turnaround?
1: It's a turnaround mainly, but uh, yeah, it was you know, I you know, on our podcast, I've been screaming for two years, right? I'd been, you know, I had been critiquing Worse quite heavily because they've been playing him at half forward. And I'm going, well, this guy's – you've drafted him as a clearance player. You haven't played him there. I mean, you've probably seen Cal Toomey and everything say the same thing. Like, why aren't you playing this guy? I think everyone
0: who wasn't associated with the club – my wife barracks for Essendon, not as as heavily. And I think she threw a passing comment of, why don't they play Dasha (laughs) Parrish in the midfield?
1: And then, you know, they still – you know, it was ironically, they didn't play him the first two rounds last year. And then Colwell and Shield and McGrath all go down for 10, week, 10 or 12 week kind of injuries. And they go, well, we have to play Parish in the middle. And he nearly wins a brown life from it. Uh, and like, it's not going to stop. Like, I've watched the practice match against the Dogs. He had 31 possessions. Uh, the previous two practice match, he kicked a combined six goals and would have just dominated the both. So it's not, it's not, a, I'm not seeing at all a one off scenario here. He actually looks better. Uh, that I've seen in the preseason because he's kicking goals now and he's kind of got the strut. <laughs> like you just know as a footballer, you go, "Okay, you I, know I you're belong. good now." I belong, yeah, belong yeah. now. It's I not belong. an issue anymore. Yeah, yeah. No, so, you. so he's um, he's a serious. He's a definite brownlow kind of option if people are interested because because uh, I I think people he awesome. yeah he 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 was you know he did, probably didn't tally to around. Round sort of four because of he didn't play much midfield at all. But when he started to tally, he went up the ladder pretty fast. And uh, he starts round one as our close to our best mid. So, um, yeah. And if he starts kicking goals, umpires take notice.
0: All right. Now, you know what else? Something to take notice with is your sort of age to games mix. It's a really interesting one. So you're, you're ranked 12th mm-hmm. for the average age in the league. So, you know, just over 24 years of age. But from a ranking perspective, when it comes to games, you're sitting at 15th. Yep. So they're not, you're not old. Like if you're sitting 12th, like we're talking about 0. 0.2, 0. 0.3 of a year, there's nothing. Yeah.
1: But
0: for a games experience, you're really, really young. And I think you have lost over the last couple of years, you have lost a lot of that experience. Look, Cook is a perfect example. He finished up last year.
1: Yeah.
0: Is there a concern that the gap between the experience and the not experiences may be a year or two off the at really hitting that sweet spot like other clubs have done? Or can you see it now maybe where we don't really need to have that top end because you've only got two players over the age of 30?
1: No. Well, so, and, yeah, and you know, Michael Hurley's, you know. And one of those is Michael Hurley. So you yeah, yeah. almost
0: like got one player
1: because he's on the, the long-term injury. He's league. on the long-term. So, yeah, so it's it's probably not even a factor the first half of the year. So, uh, look, it, it's an interesting thought. It, there's definitely a feeling that we may be, not this year, kind of. I think we'll improve this year, um, but can they go to that next level that quick? Like, because you're still relying a lot on Harry Jones, Perkins, Cox, uh, and they're young. They're young guys, but they, they may be really talented, but they're still very young in the system. the The backbone is definitely the age of the midfield: the the merits, the Parish, uh, Langford, that's your uh, call.
0: That's yeah. your core right there.
1: Stringer, Stringer obviously rotates heavily through there. That's the twenty-five to twenty-seven-year-old. That you know, a bit like Melbourne. I, I was, it's kind of like that really good age where they're, they're. I think that's where they'll cause the most damage this year because that's where our maturity is under the yeah. ball. Uh, but forward, forward line and the youth, and that's where my concerns is. I still think. I Still, think you know, a lot of people ask me when I, you know, about the Malthouse stuff, and I said, No, I I just don't see that kind of top four as yet. Uh, we may be close, but I probably see it for 2023, if I'm being honest.
0: I can, I I think there wasn't a person in Melbourne that didn't laugh at what he wrote, and we're talking about Mick Malthouse, yeah, but the big but and I cannot lie, is I can understand what he was saying, that why can't someone like Essendon, because no one picked Melbourne. They, were, they finished ninth mm. year before, come out and do something like that. The difference, though, is, is that Melbourne had a bit of forward presence. Yeah. And they built on that. But I didn't expect a year like Fritch had. I didn't, expe- I didn't expect that, you know, Spargo, Neil Bull, and Pickett to do what they did, like three small – kicking, yeah. I won't say bags, but having the seasons that they we didn't see any of that. But they had the defense in place. They had the midfield in place. They just needed something to really tweak the midfield side forward line, and it did. And I think that's what he was saying is that there is no reason why if it does come together, because when it does, like we always talk about how it falls off the cliff really easy, but when it yeah. spikes and goes well, it can happen really easy. I have, like I said, I've picked you guys to finish in the eight. No, no doubt about it because of that natural improvement. I just think someone like Peter Wright, they can't have everything on him. Yeah. All lines are made, of, are made of two people, and he, we need to find that other support. So my concerns are your concerns, exactly. But there is no reason why you can't break um, break the streak. The streak should
1: end this year. Yeah. Look, I agree. The, the one thing that I, I think they got going for them, uh, and I do know this because I, I see it visibly, is it's not just a, a fanfare, an incident thing. Uh, I'll call it out if I if I don't see it and I have before, but they absolutely love truck and they have serious buy-in to with the with the coaches and the players. So it's as close a group I've seen personally when I've when i when I've watched them over a decade of a lot of training and, and those sort of things. So this is as tight a group as I've ever seen. Uh and you know, I talked to one of the players and and he said, oh, we're still pissed off with the final. Um that we didn't represent ourselves well. And they said we just came in angry in the in the preseason. That's why we came in uh, two weeks earlier than anyone else. So that buy-in is the only thing that I go, I wonder if there's something you know that they might surprise, even me, just because I do rate a club that has real big buy-in to their system and, and coach. Yeah. Um, so I saw Brisbane do that a couple of years ago and just shoot up the ladder all of a sudden. Um, so it's... Yeah, I've, I don't have them, you know, personally, me, I, I have them six at the end of the year. Yeah, that's, I, I said the eight. I didn't
0: say the four. Come on, man. There's, <laughs> there's
1: a few others on the. And it's good on, teams. On, on. Yeah, there's yeah. Some there's, good teams that
0: there's some good you know, teams. have earned the right to be top four. But like I said, you, you, you scraped in, I think, for eight last year.
1: Yeah. Eighth.
0: Eighth. I, I, I think you should earn yourselves a home final. If you get that home final at the G, in, in front of your screaming, chaotic, nutso supporters, I love you all, but geez, you frustrate me. It's the only game I ever walked out of last year was the Melbourne Essendon game. Oh, really? A, it was close. B, I couldn't stand losing Essendon. <laughs> and C, I happened to be sitting in like the Essendon area of the G that night. Oh, I know. And yeah, I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't myself. <laughs> so, so I love the passion. Look, you've got the right to be passionate. And you've got the right because you've got the runs on the ball over many, many years. But we need those. Hopes and dreams to start becoming a reality. So, moving on from that, who is going to be the breakout staff or the dons this year? Who's going to be the one that at the end of the year they're going to go? I tell you what, if I'd taken my advice from Big Scotty off the lunchtime catch up podcast when he mentioned this bloke was going to be a breakout, yeah, I, I, I would have seen it coming. Who is the one that's caught your eye so far?
1: Look, if if I knew this guy was going to be healthy for the most of the year, I would plead to people who are doing a fantasy or super coach to select Jai Caldwell in their team. Cordy. All
0: right. Tell us about Caldy. What is it about this guy that gets the, the juices flowing in you, Scotty? He gets the blood
1: pumping hard. Uh, he he is as hard as <laughs> hard as guts. He is he's a contested ball nut. Um actually he does have a touch of Oliver about him. He he kind of looks pretty boy, but he does boxing on the side and he's very, very tough. And so we don't have that kind of player. So if you know Essendon, we're probably like bottom four for stoppages around the ground. Center clearances, we're good, but we don't have contested kind of footy. Uh, so, you know, for me, Caldwell, he's just, I just really rate him so highly. Uh, you know, we played a practice match a couple of weeks ago and and he was you know, probably BOG by far. Um, And then had a good second half against the Dogs. was a little bit quiet in the first half, but had a good second half against the Dogs. But he has that potential to get you pretty easily 20-25 possessions and a lot of them contested uh, and and, uh, have, have the ability to score a goal as well. So I just, you know, I know the club rates him through the roof. I know Truck rates him through the roof. He just has had... Literally four hamstrings almost in a row. And that's, that's yeah. all it comes down to. They've had surgery on the hamstring in the offseason to try and get it right once and for all. Um, but at the moment, he's raring to go. He's playing. If he's healthy, you know, a lot more people will be talking about Jai Caldwell, but by the end of the year, he'll be. I always said if he plays a full year at Essen, he's in the top five of the BNF of Essendon. Like that's, that's how high I rate him. Oh, uh, you're
0: right. You, you did rank 10th contested possessions
1: last tenth, year. Okay.
0: So that you think that's going to rise. I think it's actually going to rise across the board except for probably your top teams. You, you, your top contested ball teams last year were Melbourne, Lions, Power, Swans. Now if, I'm not too sure, but that's almost what the top five to top six was. Yeah. So contested ball wins. It sounds like a lot of the teams now are having – trying to play that contested brand, which I get you have to have the cattle. It doesn't matter how good the game plan is. If you don't have the right cattle to – take out that game plan. It's not the game plan that's not working. You just don't have. So if Caldwell is, is, is going to be a beast, if Cox is going to add some more kilos, if Jones is going to add some more kilos, Perkins is going to add more kilos. Darcy Parrish is just going to get better. Shield doesn't kick it, right? You've also got to You got to remember about this. <laughs> you know, yeah. Evan Smith is still in there. Zach. So you've got some quality that can get the ball. It's just that sort of next layer out that if you can get that right, it's going to make it a lot easier for your forwards to get lace out footy because i tell you what, that's just how you want it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, it was, I shouldn't undersell the, the fact that they did get, were able to get Ben Hobbs in the draft because he is Joel Selwood. Like, he, that's his hero. He plays like that. He's, a, he's the, one of the toughest kids I've ever seen play for an 18-year-old. Uh, and he just wins hard footy. So he may be, you know, he may have to take his time in the VFL the first four or five weeks. But, gee, as a backup, if they go, look, we're, just not, we're still not getting contested footy, he'll, he, even at 18, he'll remind me of a Joel Selwood when he played the first junior. Oh, this guy looks 22. Like, he just plays. He's a big kid. He just plays different to other juniors. Um, There's something about Mary. There's something yeah. about
0: this young man that's uh, not normal. I, I get yeah, exactly yeah. what you mean. Now, unfortunately, no matter how many people love truck at the club, somebody's going to get a tap on the shoulder and it's going to be, hey, look, Excuse me, young fella, um, your, your time is finished here. Who's going to be the breakdown at the Bombers for season 2022? Who's it's going to be probably there last season for Last season?
1: Oh, I mean, you can talk reserves players, but that's probably a cop-out because they're...
0: Low-hanging <laughs> fruit,
1: Scotty. Come on, mate. Put, your, put,
0: <laughs> put, the, put the nuts on the chopping board. Have a, have a crack. Look, I would say, if I'm wrong here, Mm-hmm. Michael Hurley, maybe, depending on how he's health, right? But
1: I'd, tell I'd almost,
0: that's almost like a low-hanging fruit because we just don't know how much. And the other one I'll say, depending on we don't know what's going on, it could be Tipper. Yeah. So if, he's, if he doesn't get his heart back into it to, for whatever reason. So I want to exclude those two because there's circumstances around those two. But outside of that, is there somebody – and don't be afraid to throw, a, you know, throw one from left field here. That, hey God, if he doesn't get this right, he could be gone.
1: Look, there's probably there's a few guys that are probably under the microscope and I think Devin Smith has to have a big year. Uh, I think he had a good last four weeks, I'll give him that, but he was really poor before that and he was undisciplined. Uh, when we were in games, in close, suddenly there was, you know, there's moments where there was two 50-meter panels in a row, just easy goals. And, you know, I feel like Trucks very much a team... First kind of guy, and if he doesn't get that right, um, and especially you know, you probably heard the AFL announcing that basically any talkback is a is a fifty this year. They're going to tighten it right up about players talking to umpires. Smith does it, <laughs> just like like yeah, just all the time. So yeah, just just dip it, dip yeah. Zip so it, he it, w it. He's that kind of character that you go. The club could easily make a call. If he has a similar year again, undisciplined, they go, actually, it's just not good for our culture. Now, he, I haven't seen it yet this preseason, so I'm a little bit hopeful, but we'll see. He, he would be a guy that will go, you're going to have to have a big year and be team first.
0: Well, he wasn't too bad last year. He had 20 games, had 16 goals in terms of that's his biggest output since he won the BNF and got an All-Australian squad in 2018. But he was very he has been a bit leaner. It's almost like the name is him yeah, through. He probably kicked like 10, 11
1: in the last month, if I'm being honest though. Yep. Like he, he kicked 16, but Poppy five from rounds, you know, two to 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 fourteen. And who were you playing?
0: Like that's another yep. thing, which I don't have in front of me. But if you have a look at who was he playing, yeah. Like, if you're saying he's kicked bags bags, and <laughs> a bag these days is more than three. Yeah. But um, if he's kicked those against like a North or a Hawthorne. Collingwood, Adelaide, whatever it might be. It's, it's misleading stats. But once again, according to champion data, Nick Natanui is the number one player in the league.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's
0: not. i let the stats get in the way of a good story. Uh, All righty, headline. Look, let's look at a headline for 2022 with opening up the Herald Sun at the end of the year. Scotty has now written his headline to describe the season for 2022. How would you put it down um, if I'm opening up the back page of the paper and I see what? Um, Is that AFL or Essendon in general? Like, what's that? Oh no, Essendon. It's all about your mob, it's and then we're going it. to get onto the
1: AFL. Uh, on the cusp, uh, the Ooh. boys, the boys from Windy Hill, on the cusp with a bracket
0: around <laughs> the S, just in case it's on the up. Yes, you never know. Uh, quick question: Will you break the? Will you break the streak? Will you finally win a final for the first time since? Jesus played centre-half back for the Jerusalem thirds. I'm going to say yes. I think you I, will too. I, th- I think you will too. All right. This is now. This is where we're going to go. All right. Now it's time to put those big bulging agates on the chopping board, mate. This is where you're hanging them out because this is where the big questions are answered. Radio, Take Essendon hat off, but if you want to leave it on for the moment, you can. Who is going to be the 2022 Premier in your eyes and why? And you can have multiple teams too.
1: Uh, for me, I think the Demons are going to go back to back. Uh, I think their age is still pretty healthy. Uh, I think they're, I just sense their desire that they're a changed club. Their desire is going to be pretty strong uh, again. Um, so I just rate their talent. I mean, Maxi Gorn, Oliver, I mean, just, they've just got some crazy talented players that have all suddenly now clicked and have self-belief. Uh, and I, yeah, I I don't feel like, you know, they celebrated, but you know, just some snippets I saw the pre-season, you know, just through the news, it felt like they were pretty level headed and I go, all right, let's go again. Uh, so they go to me as favorites. Uh, no doubt the dogs uh, are right there, but I just got this funny feeling the Brisbane Lions are going to be, they had some key forwards go down sort of towards the end of the year. And I, I've just got this funny feeling that if they're healthy, then they're going to they're going to uh, be a, a cause of concern.
0: Well, they're going to get some two almost recruits. Hipwood's going to be back, yeah, and Cam Rain is going to be back as well too. Yeah, but if you look at those two, and they remember in that final against Melbourne, they they lost McStay early as well too.
1: And even and then, like even even Danaher missing, you know, quite a lot of years. Yeah, he played his first game. He kicked forty goals. I just got that funny feeling he'll be better now. Like the, it, pre, with a preseason, I think there's a fifty sixty goal player there now. Um, there's, there's something about them, and I,
0: and I agree with what you say. Like you know, I appreciate you saying the D's, and and it's been pretty much universal that they, and that's going to happen the way they play their game. But from the dogs' perspective, I can see where your concerns might lie, especially having Norton as the key forward. You need to have two, and I don't know where their other big guy is, and I don't see. An,
1: yeah, we played the dogs in a practice match. And I know it's a practice match, so you don't take too, too much of it. But Hugo Hagen, Hugo Hagen played the whole game. And he didn't, just didn't touch it. And you go, well, that has to change. That has to change for them. He has to have an impact. He, I mean, you really need 25 goals at least from, from him. And then they're right in the picture. But if it's just down to Norton, I don't think it's going to carry it. Um,
0: but You've got to have two big beasts. If you have a look, their season went backwards after Bruce went down. Which was was really, excuse the term, shitty, because it would have been interesting finish to the year if both teams were fully fit. Yeah, yeah. Um, But, yeah, definitely, definitely Brisbane. Coleman medalist. I don't know whether you already let it slip or you think could potentially win a Coleman.
1: Yeah. I sadly do think Joe's going to get very, very close. Yeah. I thought he had an indifferent year last year and still finished towards the top. So I I got a feeling, Cameron, um, Jeremy Cameron. uh, Obviously, you got the Carlton. I I I never mentioned Carlton's names because they're not worthy of my they're (laughs) not worthy of my support. Um, I'll tell you what. If Terry from Blue Abroad was listening to this right now, and he probably does
0: because he loves the Essendon twenty twenty two season preview. (laughs) He would be packing himself laughing considering that you just picked a bloke that you got rid of because he couldn't kick kick any (laughs) goals. He would almost be the Ben Simmons. Sorry, he's almost the James Harden of Essendon. (laughs) Can't play, injured, go to another club, turn it on.
1: Yeah, so uh, I've got a funny, Jeremy Cameron or Joe would probably be my my favourites.
0: And last but not least, the Brownlow medal. Who do you have for the Brownlow medalist? And the, the question I'm asking sort of on top of that, has the Brownlow lost a bit of its luster and has the MVP starting to take over?
1: I don't think it's so much as the MVP's taking over. Um, but I do think the Brownlow has. I, look, personally, me, I think it needs a bit of recon, uh, reconstruction to, and about how we do things. Uh, you know, I, I take a lot of notes from coaches' votes. Um, because you obviously see the defender, like we had a guy, um, uh, Will Snelling, he came third in our Crichton medals. Now people go, Will Snelling, he doesn't, you know, he's not a great player, um, yes. but but he did a, a role defensively. He did his role perfectly, and that's what you know. He did it to perfection, and that's what the coach saw. And you and you see some of the, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, Jordan really doesn't get a vote. You know, hardly gets a, a brownlow vote. And I see this guy. Just dominate teams from half back and lace out. There you go. There's a punt. Uh, hit guys on the chest. Uh, yeah. And then nothing. Doesn't get like, a sniff. Doesn't get a sniff because Parrish got it 35 times. Now, great for Parrish, but there's no, you know, I don't think Jordan, I don't think Jaden Laverto got a Brownlow vote. And I saw him dominate from half back and save us the game. And you he know, found and, his
0: spot last year, didn't he, Laverto?
1: Oh, big time. That was he the most. No, yeah. Just as big a shock as. <laughs> as uh parish was was laverde so but so i i don't I think we're getting a little bit tiresome of the midfield i get I get that's where the ball is the most and everything like that, but I value people playing their role uh, or impacting games in different areas of the ground um so yeah, I don't know how you do that <laughs> uh but yeah I, I feel like something may need to change it's just hard because it's a such a long history of of the um un- you know the the umpire is doing it three two one, and it's very hard to change history. So it, it's you know it's very hard when something may call into question then the historical ground Lane medalists if you change it up. Uh, yeah. So it, it's no, it's I not. Don't a, think, I
0: don't think it would have any. If they came out and changed it, do you don't reckon? I, you don't? I, don't, oh, I reckon if, if, if well, I think people now, and this is some of the feedback that we've had throughout our series of rolling these out, that feeling is well. Brownlow, yeah, it's just another midfield. It's just it's a midfield award. It's not what it used to be. A full forward who kicks 60 hardly gets a vote. Midfielder has 30 and they could be sheepdogging around the back, gets two or three. Yeah. Like it it, it doesn't, doesn't have the luster anymore. You're not going to see a full forward or a full back. Even a Ruckman win it these days. Even though Ruckman have won best and fairest at their clubs, a lot of people are taking more. Uh, they're more invested in the coaches' awards. Yeah. Because that's a coach voting for everybody on the park and yes. the job that's done. And I think the MVP, because that's voted on by the peers, yeah. that's a little bit more prestigious as well that's, too. So that's,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: I think because the umpires get the votes at the end of the game. They see that, you know, Scotty's had two touches, but his opponent who was full forward, who's been on a hot streak, didn't do a thing. Mm. They don't look at it that way. Yeah. And that's, and so I think that's the frustrating thing. Not too. Hey mate, um, I have to have a special shout out to your uh your co-host with the most grant. Not feeling too well at the moment. So from all of the uh, all of the lace outlaws, we want to wish uh him um a speedy recovery. It was a shame that we couldn't get him on, but that just means that you get to talk a lot more. <laughs> um, not that you have any challenges in doing that if anybody listens to the podcast as well, too. So I can't thank you enough. Ladies and gentlemen, that is your 2022 Essendon season preview with the great man Scotty from the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. But before we finish, Scotty, I have one question and one question only, and it's simply this. Scotty from the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, how do you want your footy? I want my footy lace out. Have a great night, listeners. Scotty, you are a gem. Essendon Bombers are going to be so. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of Place Out. Head over to iTunes and Spotify to subscribe, rate and leave us a review. And remember, join us every single Tuesday night, 8pm Australian Eastern Standard Time on our Facebook page with yours truly, Christopher Pepper, and the co-host with the most, Jamie Wallace, giving you your footy how you want it. Place Out.